let me just say, welcome to Mount Zion Baptist Church. Welcome to uh, the student ministry here. And uh, I want to let you guys know, we, for the next few weeks, are going to tackle some really tough stuff, okay? Um, and we're going to tackle some really hard topics and some really uh, difficult things like that because one of the things that, that we really want to pride ourselves on, we really want to do as a student ministry, is we want to listen to you guys. And so one of the things that we've heard from a lot of you guys is just this idea of like, hey, we, we, we want to talk deeper. We want to go into some deeper subjects. We want to talk about some tough things. Uh, but also understand this, that like we recognize as a church, we recognize as a student ministry that the world is really bold with lies that they're telling you guys. They're really bold with false truths or false narratives or twisting truths around and everything. And so our attitude as a student ministry is that we want to say if the world's going to be bold with lies, we want to be bolder with the truth. And we want to be stronger with the truth. And we want to, the truth to be clear. We want the truth to be known. Because ultimately, you guys are the leaders. And you guys are going to be the ones in years to come who are going to be the champions of the faith, who are going to be uh, trying to point people in the right direction, who are going to be trying to be a bold witness for Christ. And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to be able to approach these things and approach tough topics uh, with grace and approach tough topics with humility, approach tough topics with um, just a boldness to say this is what God's word says and this is what it means for us, okay? So can we do that? Thumbs up. Very nice. All right, cool. So uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to touch on some difficult things and some, some touchy topics. And so we've named this series, Hey, So, Um, because if you're going to come up to somebody and you're going to approach them about maybe a difficult thing, maybe a, a difficult topic, maybe you're kind of nervous about how to start the conversation, you, you never really just start out like just all the way, right? It, you kind of like tiptoe and trip into it. It's like, hey... So um, y'all feel me a little bit? And, and so guys, as we approach God's truth for us and, and, and why we as a church believe these things, why we as a church find these things true, why we as a church find these things important for our lives and important for you guys to know, uh, we want to be bold and we want to be true about those things. And, and understand this, like how many of you guys are in an AP class of some kind right now? Cool. How many of you guys are in honors classes or something like that. How many of you guys are currently on an honor roll of some kind? Very good. And, and if none of your hands were raised for any of those, how many of you guys have ever taken school before? All right, cool. Want to make sure that we're all included here. But, but here's, here's the thing, guys. What the world says about you guys is that you're capable of learning really complex things at school. Uh, but not all the times have we shown that same respect and that same uh, understanding when we come to God's word and God's truth, okay? And so for that, over the years in student ministry, I just want to say on, on behalf of my people, we apologize for that. But, but for us here at Mount Zion, guys, we are not going to shy away from hard topics. We're not going to shy away from difficult things, okay? So tonight, the, the main question that we're going to ask is, kind of how the world would phrase it is, is this question right here. Uh, won't God love me no matter what? And, and, and the answer to that is, yeah. Uh, you know, God, God is loving. God is merciful. God is compassionate. God, God's heart is bent for mercy. God loves us and he loves his people. But what, what I want us to study a little bit further is I feel like we've kind of taken God's love 
and we've really, really, really like focused on that element that maybe sometimes we don't understand that like God's love is also just, that God's love is also coupled with his hatred of sin, that God's love is coupled by his judgment for those who do not believe, okay? So we're going to talk about some tough things tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about things like hell. We're going to talk about things like judgment. We're going to talk about things like uh, destruction. We're going to talk about some things like God's wrath. We're going to talk about some of those things. Because what we can do really, really, really easily is we can sit here and we can really focus on this idea that, that God loves me no matter what. And because he loves me, I can do whatever I want. And not all the times is that the most precise way. If you look at Jesus' teachings, that he would heal, he would forgive, he would, he would bring restoration to people's lives. And, and a lot of times, I know in like Mark chapter 1, that, that Jesus is confronted by this leper, and Jesus heals him, and there's healing that takes place. And then the thing that Jesus says next is, hey, go and sin no more. Is that there's this expectation of obedience that's coupled after you accept Christ. But, but for us, guys, if you have accepted Christ, if you have believed in him as your Lord and Savior, then, then what you have is you have freedom, you have forgiveness, you have grace, that you have forgiveness, that you are rescued from the penalty of your sins. And one of the things that we encourage everybody to do is that now we live in light of the fact that we are forgiven people, that we live in light of the fact that we've been redeemed, that we've been forgiven, that we owe a debt of gratitude with our lives to the one who saved us. And, and that's for those who have been redeemed, those the, for those that have been saved, but hard truth, and what we're going to talk about tonight is, okay, that is for those that have accepted Christ. What happens to those who don't? Because we're going to study that tonight because there are people around us that do not know Christ. There are people around us who do not have a church home. There are people around us who have never been to church before. That we're to be salt and light for those people. And when we study this topic, man, it should cause us to change how we act and change how we approach those people. And change how we approach people who have not accepted Christ before, okay? So as we study God's wrath, we're kind of on this uh, balancing act a little bit. That next slide for me here. We're kind of in this balancing act as we're studying these things because, again, we affirm that God is loving. We affirm that God is merciful. We affirm that God has grace. But then we also, if you read through Scripture, you also have to understand that God also hates sin. And so how do we balance those things? How do we reconcile those things together? Well, two things about this balancing act that we see. Next slide. Number one is that we see throughout Scripture that God's heart is always bent towards mercy. And we cannot deny that. Yes, there are moments in the Old Testament where God's wrath is on full display. Yes, there are penalty of actions. Yes, there are bad things that happen. But understand this, that by and large, the, the common theme throughout the story of God is that his heart is bent towards mercy. You go all the way back to Genesis when sin entered the world. God had every right to say, okay, this is a failed experiment. Wipe the floor with it. No, he, he didn't do that. That, that. Yes, there was penalty for decisions, but there was also grace in saying, hey, like I'm preparing a way out for you guys. You, you look at uh, like the story of Jonah and the story of Nineveh, that Nineveh was a, was a pagan nation that was in the crosshairs of God's wrath, 
But what was Jonah's primary purpose? Jonah's primary purpose was to go and tell the people of Nineveh, hey, there is a God who loves you, repent and be forgiven. That, that you see throughout that, that God's heart is always bent towards mercy. And the other thing that we see, why this is beneficial for us to study is this. When we study the things like hell, when we study the things like wrath, the things like judgment, it sheds light on our understanding of God's grace. Because when we understand that there is a very real consequence for not following the Lord, hopefully the, the end result of that is making us all the more appreciative, all the more grateful, all the more obedient to God for what he did to rescue us from that fate. And also causing us to think, man, there are people that need to be rescued from that fate as well. So next slide for me real quick. Um, so here's, like we said, the things that studying wrath, studying God's judgment and these things, it leads us, that's my child, <laughs> it leads us to open our eyes to our need for Jesus. Let me tell you something, guys. If you're here tonight and you have not accepted Christ, yes, we're going to talk about some scary things and some difficult things. I don't say this to twist your arm and scare you into heaven. I don't say this to scare you into making a decision that you're not ready for. But I do say these things because it is biblical truth that it opens our eyes to say, man, I need salvation. I need the Lord. And so hopefully it opens our eyes to our need for Jesus. But on the other side, it, it changes how we see others around us. It changes, hopefully, how we see the world around us. So in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells uh, this story about sheep and goats. Now, I understand if you're a goat person here, can I see your hand? Um, <laughs> understand this. Uh, this story that Jesus tells is not pro-goat, um, but that's okay. Like, goats are still fine animals. They're cute and things like that. But anyways, all that to say. Uh, so Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31, it says this, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. And before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So real quick, how, how Jesus is kind of approaching this. He says, for all of us, excuse me, we're going to face one or two fates in our life. Either A, there will come a time for all of us that we die, that we stand before the judgment of the Lord, or B, that God and Jesus, that Jesus is coming back once again for his church and for his people. Okay, so one or two things is going to happen. Either we're going to face Jesus after we die, or he's going to come back for us one day, Okay. So, so either way that happens, we're still going to be facing this judgment that we see here. And what Jesus is saying is, okay, there's, there's going to be a separation of sheep and goats. I'm going to make this separation. I'm going to make this distinction. And Jesus himself makes distinction right here. And we have learned about Jesus a lot. Hopefully, if you've grown up in church, we have followed Jesus's life. We followed Jesus's teachings. We know these things about Jesus. We know that he's God's son. We know that he doesn't lie. We know that he doesn't sin. And so when Jesus is making claims like this about a separation, about a distinction of the obedient and the unobedient, of the accepted and the non-accepted, when Jesus is saying things like that, it need, we need to stop and take note of this. And so if you study Jesus' ministry, if you study Jesus' life, he says a lot about the subject of hell. Uh, so there's a, a bunch of different things that he says. So he says that uh, specifically about hell, it's a place of eternal torment. It's a place of unquenchable fire. It's a place where the worm never dies. It's a place where they gnash teeth in anguish and in regret. 
It's a place where there's no return even to warn loved ones. It's a place of utter darkness. And then he also refers to it as Gehenna, which what Gehenna was outside the gates of the city of Jerusalem, it was a giant trash pile, okay? It was a giant dump, basically. And so if we're, if we're hearing this, and these are the words of God's son saying this, I don't know about you guys, but that is probably somewhere I would like to avoid, correct? Yeah, very good. And so when Jesus is referring to these things, like I said, it causes us that we need to stop, we need to take notice, we need to focus on these things and understand that Jesus is saying that there is a very real separation, but there is a very real consequence for those who do not follow. He's going to put that for us here, starting in verse 33. It says this, And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats will go on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Verse 37, the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty, give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did you, we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them and say, truly, I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you also did it to me. Verse, 40, verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was naked, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Verse 45, then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So, so here's this distinction that Jesus is having. He's separating sheep and goats. And there's, there's some very distinct uh, um, was it descriptions of what Jesus has between the sheep and his goats. Quite honestly, kind of boiling it down, that we see sheep as his followers, that we see sheep is those who are being obedient to him, as we see sheep also performing good works. And then on the flip side, we see the goats as those who choose not to follow. And we see the goats as the ones who are being disobedient, those who are choosing not to do those good works. Now, now understand this, like there's a way to read this where it says that, that it kind of feels like Jesus is rewarding sheep for you've done all the great things. And because you've done good stuff, okay, I will welcome you into heaven. Now, we, we know, and, and hopefully we've, we've expressed this to you guys enough, like your good works will never earn you salvation. The number of little old ladies you help across the street, poor kitty cats that you help out of trees, the number of times that you, you know, help somebody pick their books up after they dropped them all in the hallway, no amount of good deeds, no matter how good they are, are ever going to earn you salvation. And so why does it seem like Jesus is rewarding the sheep right here? Well, I think what he's doing is he's showing the sheep are going to be those that are being obedient to him. And one of the fruits and one of the direct results of our obedience to Jesus is where we're doing good works for him. Does that make sense? 
One of the direct results of me following the Lord, of me being a Christian, of me being a believer, is that Jesus has done a new work in my life. He has made me a new creation. And one of those things that I use to express my relationship with the Lord is doing good works and doing good things for him. That good works are a direct result of obedience to our king. And so what Jesus is showing, he's showing, hey, there are those who have been obedient to me. There are those who have followed me. There are those who have placed their faith, their hope, their trust, their future in me. And they are blessed with the gift of eternal life. Yes, think about that. If Jesus is your Lord, if Jesus is your Savior, if you're walking with him daily, if you're obedient to what he's calling you to do, you have the gift that this life, no matter how bad it is, is going to be as bad as it gets. That, that the darkest moments, the most difficult moments, is as bad as you'll ever face it because there is an eternity waiting for you at the gates and at the throne of Christ Jesus. But again, guys, we talk about hard truths. Let's think about on the flip side of that. For those who have never accepted Christ, for those who are not in a relationship with him, this life, with all its ups and all its downs, is as best as it'll ever get for you. Is as best it'll ever get for the people at your school. Is it best? Is the best it'll ever be for the people in your teams, people in your clubs, people in your, um, you know, homeschool groups, the people in all those things? That this world is going to be the best it'll ever get. And, and I think, guys, we could all go around by show of hands. Who here has ever gone through something in their life that they wish they could take back? Who here has ever said something they wish they could take back? Who here has ever been hurt by somebody else's words? Guys, listen. We have the promise for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the worst thing that we will ever experience. Because we follow a king, because we follow a risen savior who has won the day for us, who through his blood saved us and redeemed us, that now we have eternity to spend with Christ Jesus our Lord. And yeah, these 80, 90 years that you get on this life, on this earth, are hard or difficult. But in the span of eternity, man, I can handle this much right now because I'm going into a great place for all eternity. But again, guys, on the flip side, let that sink in for a little bit. That there are people that are at our schools, there are people on our teams, there are people who have never been to church before, there are people we know by name around us who do not have this promise. And guys, again, when we study this idea and we study this very, very, very terrifying concept, the hopeful goal is that that is leading us to do something about it. I remember uh, when I was a kid, um, we, I was in RAs, and, and we, had a, uh, we had a lesson, and our RA director taught us this little phrase. It, it said, don't smoke, don't chew, don't hang with those that do. And understand this, like smoking and chewing in Upton, Kentucky, that, that really hit home for a lot of us. But, but anyways, and it was basically this idea of like, hey, you're a Christian and you need to do, you need to get new friends, you need to be around different people and things like that. And listen to me, there is some truth to that. There, there is, there is some truth to that. But guys, listen to me. If, if, if we're going to accept Christ and then we're going to step away from the world and we're never going to engage with the world again, 
And we're going to boycott worldly things, and we're going to only hang out with people that look like us, think like us, do things like us, and things like that. And we're never going to actually go and engage lost people. My question is, how are they ever going to know? I'm not asking you guys to cut corners. I'm not asking you guys to make poor decisions. I'm not asking you guys to do bad things. I'm not asking you guys to try and outsmart the Lord and say, I will sin for a while, infiltrate the enemy from within. And while I'm not asking you guys to do that. But what I am saying is this, we have a choice. Yeah, the world outside these walls is wonky and it is crazy and is messed up. And we have two choices. We can run away from it or we can run towards it with the life-saving message of the gospel. And so this question I want us to consider as we've talked about difficult things is this. Are, are there genuinely lost people in your life? And I know on the surface that, and that question is very simple. Yeah, there are. There's people all around my life that are, that are lost. There's people all around that do not know. I'm asking, do you know them, though? Does, it, does that make sense? Are, are they your friends? Are they your teammates? Are they people that, that you know that you have a relationship with? Because, guys, when we talk about the gospel, the gospel is going to take place best in the terms of relationship. That it's far easier. What the gospel honestly says to us is this. You are not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. But Jesus was good enough for you. And sometimes that message in this day and age of I'm not good enough, I'm never going to be good enough, I'm not going to be able to do things for myself, sometimes does not land super softly. And so sometimes when we speak hard truths, what's easier? Walk up to a complete stranger and say, hey, you're no good. Or walk up to a friend and say, hey, can I tell you something difficult? You see what I'm saying? And so that's that question I want us to think about. Are there genuinely lost people in your life? Are there, do you have friends in your life who do not know Jesus? If you do, that's great. Show them Jesus. Be like the sheep in this story. Do good works. Show them the love. Show them the mercy of Jesus. Show them grace. Show them where truth Show them where answers are found here in this place. Point them in the right direction. Lead them. Invite them to D now. Invite them to Beach Breakaway. Invite them to Greenhead. Be that person for that person. But also on the flip side, also understand there, there might be some of us that I ask that question. Do you have lost friends? And if you are really honest with yourself, it's like, yeah, there's lost people in my life, but I don't necessarily know if I have lost friends. And guys, I want to say again, that's okay too. Because you can look around yourself if all of your friends are following the Lord together, then guess what? You have the opportunity to take the group approach. You have the opportunity as a small band of brothers or sisters or brothers and sisters, whatever, as a small band that you have the opportunity to say, hey, we're going to make a difference in this place. We're going to make a difference around the people in our lives. Because guys, again, being honest, there is terrible consequence for those who do not know Christ. So I want to ask the band to come up, and while they're coming up, I, I want to ask, you know, we, we see three people, and we see two people in this story that Jesus tells. I, I've, I've kind of worked a third one into it. But, but just to ask you guys this question in this story, as we're talking about sheep and we're talking about goats, is just kind of evaluate where you are in the story. Are, are, you, are you a sheep? And if you are, that's awesome. 
If you are, guess what? Keep being a sheep. Keep being a follower. Keep being obedient. Keep feeding. Keep clothing. Keep taking care of it. Keep being salt and light. Keep pointing people to Jesus if you're a sheep. On the flip side, guys, I want to encourage you. If you're a goat, (laughs) that's weird to call yourself and look at yourself in the mirror that I'm a goat. Not a good goat, Grace, but like, you know, but focus. On the flip side, also know, guys, in a room this size, there are those who have probably lived their entire life and have never made that decision. For the 16, 17, 15 years that you've been on this life and this earth, you've never made the decision to follow Christ. What I hope tonight is not a message that is scaring you, is not a message that is, that is like terrifying you, that you're going to lose sleep over. What I hope tonight is this. I hope tonight is just a realization of, man, there is a God who did something awesome for me because hell, because judgment, because destruction is the default for our lives without the salvation that Jesus offers. And if you're here tonight and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, Here's what I encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to find a small group leader, find me, find somebody. We would love to have the greatest conversation you'll ever have in your entire life tonight. And then I, I was thinking about that, but I also know in my life that there are a lot of times, especially after coming to Christ, that I was a sheep on the inside, but I was wearing goat clothing on the outside. I was a sheep, and I had made the decision to follow Christ. I had made the decision to be his follower. But my actions and what I was showing the world was the furthest thing from that. That if somebody were to model their actions and their lives after me step by step, it would not be something that would be Christ-honoring. It would not be something that was leading people to Christ. And so I want to encourage you, if you're that person, if you're here tonight and you're saying, hey, I have made the decision to follow Christ. I've made the decision. I am a follower. I am obedient. He is my Lord. But right now, my actions and my demonstrations to the world around me do not show that and do not back that up. That tonight's a night that you can just come, bow, kneel at the altar, pray, and ask God for forgiveness. Ask God to put people in your lives that you can make a difference with. But guys, understand this. There are people around us, there are people outside these doors that they need to be here. And we bill ourselves a lot as this is a place where people belong, this is a place where people find answers, it's people where, a place where people make difference, and, and that, that looks really good on a t-shirt, that looks really good on a bumper sticker. But, but also there's a moment that we have to look ourselves in the mirror and ask, okay, if, if sinners and if people who look like the world come into this place, what's our action, what's our attitude towards them? Are we going to sit here and say, okay, there is somebody here who is looking for answers, it is our responsibility to point them in the right direction. Or are we going to be like, uh, I feel a little uncomfortable right now. I don't say this to wag a finger. I don't say this to be mean dad. I don't say this. But, but guys, this is a place where people find answers. This is a place where we lead them to truth. This is a place where we point them in the right direction. Guys, our attitude, our actions when people who do not know the Lord, who do not act like the Lord, who act more like the world than they do, our attitude when they walk in this place needs to be one of welcoming, needs to be one of acceptance, needs to be one of loving, needs to be one of saying, hey, let me show you where to find answers. Let me show you where to point in the right direction. Let me show you the Lord. Because, guys, what we have seen tonight is this. It is literally life or death. 
Some of you have chosen life, and I'm grateful and I'm glad. Some of you have not made that choice. I pray that tonight's that night. But guys, let's make it a priority to show life to the world around us. Show truth to the world around us and show Jesus to the world around us. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. And God, I'm grateful that... um, I'm grateful as uh, just a student minister and, and as a guy who loves you and loves telling people about you. I'm, I'm grateful for a group that uh, has a desire to, to unpack the shovels and go deep and, and, and talk about hard things and talk about things that might make us feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, but God, I, I pray most of all that tonight's main takeaway is this, that there are people who need your love. And we are the vessels and we are the people that you have chosen. We are the people that you have redeemed. We're the people that you have equipped to make a difference in this world. God, let us make a difference. God, give us eyes to see people around us. God, give us ears to hear people around us. God, give us a heart that breaks for things that break your heart. God, I I pray that we would be intentional. I pray that we would be focused. I pray that people would come to know you and lives and generations would be changed because of the work and because of the actions of a group of sheep in this room tonight, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen.